Welcome to Season 3 of the Baby Names Podcast, naming the world one baby at a time. Here are your hosts, the Moss Sisters. I'm Jennifer Moss. And I'm Mallory Moss. And we're the founders of BabyNames.com. And we're sisters too. Yes, we are sisters. I think I sang last time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So our first segment is interesting names we found since the last episode. And I was introduced to a woman named Justice. And up until now, I've only heard about that name being used for men or males. But I kind of like it as a girl's name, too. And of course, I've said before that I do consider justice an expectation or a virtue name. So take that into account if you're thinking of using it. Yeah, and there's also the preteen or even the elementary school clothing store justice. Oh, right. I never thought about that. I heard of the name Blue lately. It reminds me of Elijah Blue Allman, son of Sharon Greg Allman. And I think the color names are going to come back into style after the flower names. Well, like Blue Ivy, Beyonce's daughter. Oh, good point, good point. Yeah. And now our topic of the week, Welsh names. And we have a special guest to talk about Welsh names and help us pronounce them. Dr. Sara Louise Wheeler is a research fellow at the psychology department of Wrexham Glyndwr University. She's a member of the editorial board for Names, a journal of onomastics, and a committee member of the Welsh Place Name Society. Hmm. Dr. Wheeler was born and raised in Wales and is fluent in both Welsh and English. She's been featured on BBC Radio Wales several times, lending her expertise about Welsh names, and I'm thrilled that she's here with us doing the same. Welcome, Sada, to the Baby Names Podcast. Thank you very much. So just to explain, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce any of the Welsh words or names, so I don't offend (laughs) in any way. I will leave that to you, the expert. But, you know, it is very difficult for Americans to get a grasp of the Welsh pronunciation. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is that uh, what a lot of people who maybe haven't heard Welsh before don't realise is how different it is to the English language. Um, they don't marry up at all. We use very different sounds. I actually, I'm very conscious that I hold my face differently when I'm speaking. My mouth shape is different when I speak in English and Welsh. I usually, I have to speak in Welsh usually to pronounce my name properly. <laughs> because when I speak in English, um, there's, a, there's a linguistic phenomenon called a schwa. Uh, and in English, you never say two hard A's or two short A's in a row. So if you think of the the word salad that's actually salad but you never say that in English oh that's true I never even thought of that Sarah is the most popular version of my name in England but some people uh, also have without the h so Sarah is the way my name is pronounced in English whereas it's Sarah in Welsh so we roll the r we have an aviola trill in the middle the rolling r and the two short A's, and both A's are the same. However, because of the dominance of Sarah as a version, 
a lot of Welsh people quite confusingly call me Sarah, even when they're speaking in Welsh, which is just the most ridiculous thing. And it's been the, the most difficult possible name. Uh, <laughs> with Welsh people, English people. And yet, if you go anywhere else in the world, you go, you know, Arabic people, Spanish people, these are all pronounced my name beautifully. But English and Welsh people, not so much. Now, do the English have as much of a problem pronouncing Welsh as Americans do? Yeah, yes. Really? Yeah, 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 they do. And in fact, it's used, uh, well, let's uh, let me be careful what I say, but uh, a lot of Welsh place names uh, are under threat because English people move to uh, North Wales and places because they're very beautiful. But they say, oh, I can't possibly pronounce the name of this house. That's been a house for like 500 years with that name. And they change the name to something very, you know, it's not very imaginative either. They'll, they'll uh, pick a, a house name that's very generic. And we're losing house names and farm names. Mm. And the, the main reason being they're saying, oh, well, we can't pronounce any of these place names or these house names. Uh, there's a place called Cum Knavion, which would would translate as Shearer's Valley. But uh, it's actually now officially recorded by the ONS that make the maps as Nameless Cum. Um, because... And it's, that's really kind of quite disrespectful. Definitely. But it, it's because, you know, English people are saying, well, we can't pronounce. And uh, in fact, you know, the person who made uh, the, the, well, the minister that was in charge of creating our NHS, which is our healthcare system, his name was actually Anirin Bevan. But that, he, in, to English people, so he's well known as Nai Bevan. So you can see where, you know, it's actually, it's so much of a problem that actually even someone's name like that was changed historically. That's really interesting. Yeah. So it goes kind of into the whole cross-cultural and, uh, you know, we're going to have some episodes on immigration and naming. I've already done an interview about that. This is all fascinating. I mean, names are so tied to identity and culture and pride of culture that when something like that happens, it's just, it's kind of a breakdown. It's really sad. Yeah. It's um, in terms of the place names, uh, I would say it's something that's called um, solastalgia which is this new concept. So if you think what nostalgia is, people missing their home, that sickness from being away from home. Uh, whereas solastalgia is where you're living in your, your home environment, but seeing it being destroyed around you, either by heavy industry, um, coal mining, and this sort of thing, scars on the land. And I've just written a little piece where I'm talking about how really that's the same if you're seeing these place names and these historical buildings and things having their names changed around you. It really hurts. Right. It makes people feel unwell and very upset. Welsh names, really. Apart from there's that song, isn't there, by um, Fleetwood Mac? Rhiannon, yeah. Rhiannon. <laughs> Rhiannon? Wait, we would say Rhiannon. Well, I had um, when I've done the onomastic sessions uh, with my uh, students, uh, Welsh medium students. So where they're studying sociology, but through the medium of Welsh. And we were talking about that song because one of the students was called Rhiannon. <laughs> it was just like it was the bane of her life. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that's probably one of the most popular Welsh names other than, you know, like Jennifer, which is 
not really Welsh, but kind of based on yeah. a Welsh name. Um, but that's probably the, one of the most recognizable Welsh names in the U.S. because of the song. I read about it once. She did actually, she was reading um, sort of folklore and stuff and she came across the name and she really liked it and then she wrote this thing about it but this is the trouble with us not using the international phonetics alphabet if we all use that and we all understood that I think there would be a lot less problem with pronunciation because one of the things that about with the place names issue that's been very interesting I was looking into it and like Massachusetts and uh, Susquehanna and places like that in the States, they're actually Native uh, American names for these places. Exactly, yeah. And yet they weren't changed. Whereas right. if the, if you were trying to introduce them now and saying, well, we're changing these back to these Native American names, people would be like, oh, I can't pronounce that because it doesn't index as English. And they, this is the problem in Wales. There's obviously these are these native indigenous names for these places. They're fine learning. Uh, I mean, uh, what's his name? Johan Griffith, one of our famous exports. As a- oh, yeah, I yeah. love him. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my favorite actors. <laughs> and uh, he actually, he, he is quoted as having said that a lot of people tried to advise him to change his name to be an actor. And he mm. is quoted as saying, well, we all learned to say Schwarzenegger. Now, whether we all pronounce Schwarzenegger right or wrongly, at least we're trying. You know, we didn't yeah, say, that's true. No, you're going to be Arnold uh, Williams or something. Exactly, you know, he yeah. kept his surname and people learned to pronounce it or at least tried to pronounce it. Right. Um, but Johan Griffith has said that uh, he's, you know, he's had quite a lot of problems with it. Uh, and things but it's a part of his identity it's part of his culture and his heritage and he wasn't prepared to he took a stand on that um so what sparked your interest in names and naming personally it was actually my name so in a way I can thank my parents um I I got to the point because I'm I you know got to the point where obviously a lot of things in my life made me become interested in sociology and anthropology so I come from a linguistic and cultural minority community because living on the borderlands is where you're very much aware of being in the minority if I'd have been born over in Gwynedd in the west where 95% of the population speak Welsh it's a very different place to live as a Welsh person to living on the border where you're definitely in the minority Mm -hmm. And that's really what I spend my entire life puzzling out. How, where do I fit into the universe? How do other people feel about these things? So, yes, <laughs> my awkward name. That's how I get into it. <laughs> so I want to go and talk about surnames first. Um, like other European countries, Welsh surnames were originally patronymic. Isn't that right? Yeah. And how did that work and when did that change? That's very interesting um, because although uh, obviously England was in the same situation, they had uh, patronymic, they urbanized much uh, earlier than we did. And we were very separate uh, in terms of our culture and language. And so we kept the patronymic uh, through into the 1500s. And it was only when, with the Acts of Union, that Wales was brought under the sovereignty of England and sort of Britain came into being, that uh, there was the language clause, the Welsh language clause as a part of these acts, which basically said anyone who wants to get on is going to have to become English. They're going to have to stop speaking this ridiculous Welsh language and stop being Welsh and stop all these silly customs. Uh, It actually says something about that in that, that law, in that language act. 
Welsh people made pragmatic choices, as you would, you know. So they then began to move across to the settled surnames of having a surname that you then, everyone in the family shares. And so the problem, of course, was they, a lot, it seems a lot of men had names like John and William and Robert. And so a lot of people became Jones and Roberts and Williams. And then there were other names where people had Owen, but the, the app or the ab, which meant son of, so, so it became Bowen, and that's a very popular Welsh surname. So we ended up in a situation where we only had a handful, well, about 100, I think, uh, Welsh surnames. So in 1856, the Registrar General, um, Graham, uh, George Graham, uh, was talking about this problem of uh, perpetual incognito. And he was basically saying the name John Jones it would indicate no one in particular because there were so many John Joneses. Still, they were doing this as a sort of to get by because we were still, we didn't have a Welsh Language Act until the 1960s. So my grandfather was Edward Glyn Edwards. So he was Edward Edwards, but he went by Glyn in his everyday life. But if he wanted to, he could pass because he could call himself Edward Edwards. But Glynn is a little bit more, ooh, English people would be a bit more like, ooh, what's that as a name? That's a bit unusual. <laughs> so people seem to have made these pragmatic choices. And certainly they then gave their children names that would index for English, so or even French, because my, my dad's called um, Raymond. In the 1500s, anyone who was the sort of Welsh elite, they took on the English names. The, this, uh, they got rid of the patronymic straight away. Whereas uh, it, that didn't happen so much with the Awerin, uh, the um, common folk. Uh, mm. And even when that did happen, they still took a lot longer to get rid of their Welsh language. Uh, it was still, Welsh was still the spoken language of the common people. Whereas the people in the courts and people trying to mix it up with all the sort of English gentry were going more down the route of speaking English. Again, being pragmatic, as you would. You want to get by, you want the best for your family. Um, but there was a massive then class divide. And uh, in some ways, there kind of still is. Did you feel that the Welsh Language Act um, helped bring back more Welsh baby names? Uh, yeah, I would say I would like to do research in this area, to be honest. But uh, what you see now not long after the Welsh um, Language Act, we then began having bilingual place name signs. And then we had Welsh television programmes. And, you know, there now seems to be this dawning of a new era in Wales where we've obviously, since the 1960s, we've moved on and then we've had more political independence. One of the conversations I had with the class, they were saying, you know, this one girl was saying, yeah, my parents told me, that even though she had two first names, and a surname. So on a register, that's just going to look like you know, her surname was Roberts. But she'd been told to drop that. Her parents had said, drop that and just use your first two first names. And that's a phenomenon that you see quite a lot of. So officially, they've not changed their names, but they're leaning back towards the intermediate stage between the patronymic and our current system, where they're then just using the first two names. Um, so there actually there's a leaning back towards the old traditions as almost as a way of that sort of identity marker. But though, interestingly, one of my friends who had that, he, his name uh, was Dayan Aprishat. He gave his child a settled surname. He didn't 
do that. And I think, it, you know, that's um, a pragmatic thing, you know, maybe all through your life having this mm. difficult name. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in practice. But, you know, all that being said, I sent you the top 20 names of boys and girls in Wales, and you thought I had sent you the list from England because they were so anglicized, right? But the thing is, that's kind of what you'd expect. So Wales as a country, that would be the list, uh, the official list. But even when they show the... They try, they try and talk about Britain on the one hand, and then they'll say this is how many Welsh speakers there are. But I don't live in Wales. And when the census came around, they wouldn't give me a Welsh form because they said, you've chosen to live in England. I live a mile from the border. Right. So I was working as a Welsh language lecturer and I was not recorded as a Welsh speaker in the last census. I see. So we have to be a bit careful with these things. Um, you know, but that being said, even if you're just talking about the people living in Wales, it's important to remember that the Welsh language community are still a minority community within their own country. So when you're talking about the numbers specifically, you're going to see the primarily the English speakers coming out with their names and their influences. Because the number one name, it would be Oliver, and that's the same as in England, and the same with Olivia. But you had noticed that number 19 was Hari, am I pronouncing that right? Which is a Welsh spelling of the name Harry. Yeah, the I, which was interesting. Um, um, And maybe that's, it's part of this trend to have names like Archie and things like that and have the slightly quirky spelling. But Harry, spelt like that, is a character in a, a very famous Welsh book. It's important, and I think names, um, people will hark back and select old names from folklore, especially. And I wanted to get into that. I wanted to, because I've noticed that, you know, in fantasy and magical fiction, they tend to choose or name characters with Welsh names or Welsh sounding names. And why do you think that is? Because we're a mystical people. Why would I not? guess so. <laughs> I think I think that's beautiful. Myself, personally, as a Welsh speaker, yeah. I love it when I see things like that. Because, uh, and even though she pronounces it wrongly, I do like the, that the idea of the song Rhiannon and where it came from and the idea of why she did it. Because I think that's a really nice thing. That's us being respected. That's the, our sort of Welsh identity and our history and our folklore. People taking an interest. And this is the key for us as Welsh speakers to tempt people in, you know, not to be saying all the time, you must respect us and you must uh, give us language rights. It's about saying, hey, look at our folklore, though. Look at these cool names. Look at this Mm -hmm. great stuff that you can be a part of. And certainly with the place names, that's the only way forward is for us to say, well, this is the story behind this place name. Isn't that nice? So going back to place names, and you brought that up, beautiful place names, we can't ignore that one of the most viral videos in the past five years was the weathercaster Liam Dutton, who pronounced that town in Northwest Wales. <laughs> can you say the name? I can. It's Samwai Pusquin Gisgogerich Gwyndrabwys Santasiliog Gogogoch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so impressive. 
have actually in the film Barbarella. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, I've never seen that film. That's interesting. Oh, oh, you must. It's a fantastic film. Very excellent film. And uh, in the middle of this film that has got nothing to do with Wales, she suddenly says this, and I was like, what? <laughs> and it's like some kind of password or something. And it was just, it was fascinating for me, and it was lovely for me, because I was living in England at the mm-hmm. time, and I was feeling quite homesick, and then that popped up, and I thought it was hilarious. I love it. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful sounding. It just has a beautiful lilt to it. And I think I love that that video went viral because, of course, it's a name thing. But, um, you know, he did it. So I I don't know if it's like everyone can just say it off the top of their tongue if you know Welsh or if it's challenging. (laughs) Tell me, is it challenging? A lot of Welsh names are long. So my my father's home town his, his home village is called Rosanachrigog and actually when you see it on a place name and that's a real place name sound that's let's go like was that's a really old traditional one and uh, when you see it on the road signs they've had to make the road signs specially bigger so <laughs> um and it means the heath of the heathery glades oh, and it's just beautiful. a beautiful beautiful name now unfortunately i might actually be about to burst the bubble on samvire pg there because uh, that was actually one that was kind of cynically made up they they looked at all these lovely welsh place names like cross and a Gog, and they kind of went this would be a great marketing tool for oh. the <laughs> so they made this place but all that they made it out of all of the beautiful things so san there's loads of places uh, that begin with san and it's to do with um the church of Mm. And so San Goshen, uh, where my parents used to live, uh, that's the Church of Goshen. But it was one that had its roots in real Welsh place names, which can be longer because uh, a lot of our words are we have, uh, we just, uh, our words generally tend to be like that and lots of place names as well. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us and lending your expertise and your pronunciation in Welsh names. I really appreciate it. You are coming to us from England. No problem anytime. Right near the border of Wales. Yeah, one mile. So I appreciate it and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, that was really interesting. And, you know, there were several things to discuss from that interview. One is that I think it was really funny that her own name is what sparked her interest in names. Yeah, right. I mean, you think of that being such a, you know, simple name. We all say Sarah, S-A-R-A. Uh, doesn't even have the H on the end. But she mentioned that it's even hard for Brits to pronounce Welsh names. Um, so I didn't feel so bad after she said <laughs> that. And then, of course, the most um, recognizable Welsh name here in the United States would be Rhiannon. And now I know how to pronounce that correctly. But that I think uh, Americans say Rhiannon, which is spelled R-H-I-A-N-N-O-N. And that was a popular Fleetwood Mac song. Okay, yeah, I remember that. And then I love, love, love the video. And we posted it on our Facebook page of the weatherman saying that Welsh place name, which I'm not even going to take a crack at it. Mel, do you want to? Sure, why not? Yan fair will go grocery will auntie 
<laughs> Almost. Plan by the push wing, go get a quindrobo, plan to silly go go go. I think it's interesting that she revealed that it was a deliberately concocted Welsh place name and they did it for publicity purposes. Oh. They were making fun of their own long place names, but also at the same time, they're displaying pride in their culture. So right. I think that's awesome. So a little primer on Welsh pronunciation. W and Y are both vowels. W is pronounced OO. Y is pronounced A. Uh. Unless it is the last syllable of the word, then it is pronounced E. F is pronounced as V or V. DD is pronounced as V. CH is pronounced as in the letters in Bach. Well, CH is like the ch in Hanukkah. It's like a soft CH in the back of your throat. Okay. There's a great pronunciation chart that is online, and we'll link to it in the show notes. Now, when it comes to surnames, it was traditional to give the son the first name of his father as a surname and then use the prefix ab, ab, or ap, ap which is a contraction for the Welsh word son. Oh. So, for example, Daphid Up Owen would be David, son of Owen. And sometimes the A in, in the up was dropped, so Ap Owen would become Bowen. Ah. Ap Harry became Perry. And that's how some of these old surnames evolved. And here's the fun part. Let's go over some famous Welsh celebrities. Yeah, I would say like 80% of these I did not know were from Wales or Welsh. They might not necessarily have traditionally Welsh names, but one who does is one of my favorite actors and somebody Dr. Wheeler mentioned, and that's Yoan Griffith. I-O-A-N-G-R-U-F-F-U-D-D. Now, he's the star of Hero right now, and he was in Unreal and the TV show Forever, which only had one season, but I thought it was awesome. And I think he's just so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's not forget Richard Burton, movie actor and twice husband of Liz Taylor, born Richard Walter Jenkins into a Welsh-speaking family in... Pontredevin, Wales. Good for you. Thank you. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Her father is Welsh and her mother is Irish Catholic. And we have Michael Sheen, Good Omens, Masters of Sex, The Queen, The Good Fight, Prodigal Son, not to be confused with the American Sheen family of actors. Yeah, I like him. Mm-hmm. Always turns in a good performance. Tom Cullen. He was an actor in Downton Abbey. Jonathan Price, character actor that's been in so many things. Yeah, just look him up. You'll recognize his face. Sir Anthony Hopkins, most famously known for Silence of the Lambs and Westworld most recently, born in Port Talbot, Glamorgan, Wales. Laura Ashley, the clothing designer and brand. I know I didn't know that either. Uh, Owen Wait, Owen Yeoman from The Mentalist and more recently Emergence. I like that show too. Say that three times fast. Owen Yeoman, Owen Yeoman, Owen Yeoman. Singer-actress Charlotte Church, who's, you know, certainly a famous singer-actress. She got her start very young. Very young, yeah. She was a child. Yeah. Protégé. 
And this is a surprise to me, at least. One of dad's all-time favorite singers, Shirley Bassey, mm. who's best known for her James Bond theme songs, including Goldfinger. And Diamonds Are Forever. Yes. Now, as I pointed out in the interview, the top baby names in Wales are very anglicized currently. The top five from 2018, which are the last stats that have been published, are Oliver Olivia, Noah Ava, Jacob Amelia, George Ella, and Oscar Isla, almost matching the UK and US charts. But there are some traditional names peppered in there. Like we pointed out, number 19 on the boys is Hari, which is the Welsh form of Harry. Now, the actual uh, English name Harry is number 11, but Hari is number 19. Hmm. Yeah. There's Jack at 39. J-A-C. That's interesting. And then um, on the girls' side, number 30 is Fion, which is F-F-I-O-N. I like that, Fion. Because I'm a fan of Fiona, and I don't think two Fs would work in the United States. Why not? I I just, you know, it's the coffee shop test. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. They put the two Fs there to make sure it's an F sound. Otherwise, it would be a V sound. So, Fion. And at 32 for girls, there's Seren, S-E-R-E-N, or Seren. I like that, but isn't there like a uh, poison called Saren? It was. It was like a poison that they put down in the subways or something. Oh, okay. I, I think know. I remember what you're talking about. <laughs> and yeah, and then at the uh, at number 51 for boys is Maxen, M-A-C-S-E-N, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, I like it a lot as an alternative to the Jackson Maxons. Yeah, it's like kind of a combo between Maximilian or Max and Jackson. Right. So Maxen, everyone. Mm-hmm. And then we looked at some of the traditional Welsh names and Mallory and I picked out our favorites. I really love Carewyn, C-A-E-R-W-Y-N, which means fair love. Dillis, D-Y-L-I-S, sincere. Gethin, G-E-T-H-I-N, which means dark-skinned. We talked about Maxin. I like Morganica, so it's like Morgan and Veronica combined. Um, and of course, Hrianen, now that I know how to pronounce it. And, and lastly, the origin of mine own name, Gwenhwibar, which is G-W-E-N-H-W-Y-F-A-R, which was the precursor to Jennifer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Gwenhwibar. As far as Morganica, I think it sounds like a Disney villain. <laughs> it kind of does. Morganica. But that would be kind of cool, too. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of Morganica. Um, my list includes Alwyn, and forgive me, everyone, for mispronouncing some of these, and Clade, C-L-E-Y-D. It's a river in Clade, the um, village of Clade. And then I like Bethan, B-E-T-H-A-N, but one of the things that I think is hysterical, actually, or surprising, is that Braun, like from Game of Thrones, actually means raven. Wow. 
I did not know that. I did not either. I bet George R. R. Martin knew that. Oh, yes, he did. So that totally ties into the storyline. Yeah. I like the name Kai, C-A-I, meaning Lord. And then Kellen for C-E-L-Y-N spelling, and that means Holly. And here's an alternative spelling of April, which is Abril, E-B-R-I-L-L. I like that. Those are great names. Now, the name Wales itself is actually the English name for the country, derived from an Anglo-Saxon word meaning foreigners, or in particular, those foreigners who were under the influence of the Roman Empire. The Welsh name for Wales is Cumbri, which comes from the plural Cumbro, which means a Welshman. And the word Cumbro is thought to derive from an earlier Britonic word, Cumbrogos, meaning a compatriot or a fellow countryman. The famous phrase Cumbriambith means Wales forever. So Cumbriambith, everyone, and a big thank you again to Dr. Sara Louise Wheeler for her expertise. Yes, thanks so much, Sarah. Well, hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram at babynames.com with the dot spelled out. And interact with me and Mel and other fans in our Facebook group. Just search the Baby Names Podcast on Facebook. And now it's time for Celebrity Baby News. Actress America Ferreira and husband Ryan Pierce Williams have announced the arrival of their second child, a daughter, Lucia or Lucia Marisol, who arrived on May 4th, just in time for Mother's Day. Lucia, I'm going to say, joins older brother Sebastian Pierce Williams, born in 2018. Broadway star Ruthie Ann Miles has announced the arrival of a daughter with husband Jonathan Blumenstein. She revealed that her daughter was born in April and is named Hope Elizabeth. Hope's birth comes just a little over two years after the horrific accident, which claimed her five-year-old daughter Abigail Joy, along with her friend's one-year-old son. Ugh. Two months after the crash, she even lost her unborn child, which would have been named Sophia. So we wish them all the love and blessings in the world. And Mm -hmm. we welcome baby Hope to the world and wish them well. Well, 47-year-old actor Jude Law is expecting his sixth child with new wife, Philippa Cohen. The new baby will join older Sibs Rafferty, 23, Iris, 19, and Rudy, 17, whom Jude shares with his first wife, Sadie Frost. He also has two children with two other women. Now, 10-year-old Sophia was when he was with model Samantha Burke, and 5-year-old Ava, who he had with singer-songwriter Katherine Harding. Academy Award-winning actor Joaquin Phoenix and actress Rooney Mara are reportedly expecting their first child together. Rooney, 35, is rumored, Rooney is rumored, to be up to about five to six months along. Now, both actors are vigilantly vegan and supporters of animal rights. And although they are very private about their private life, it is said that they are engaged. All right, well, Dancing with the Stars dancer Lindsay Arnold announced on Instagram that she and husband Samuel Cusick are expecting a baby girl. The baby is due to arrive in mid-November. 
Lindsay and Samuel met at 16 years old when they were high school sweethearts. Now, we recently reported that comedian Amy Schumer changed the middle name of her son, and now another celeb has changed their baby's name after the birth. Reality star Jamie Otis has revealed that she and her husband Doug Henner have changed their newborn son's name less than a week after his arrival. The couple announced on April 28th that they decided on the name Hayes for their son, but soon after Hayes was born, Jamie said she had name remorse, so they have renamed their son Hendrix. They chose to keep the baby's original middle name of Douglas after the father. For up-to-the-minute celebrity baby news, visit our Celebrity Baby blog at babynames.com slash blogs. And now is our last segment where we take letters from you, our listeners. Why don't you read the first one, Mal? All right. Hello, Jennifer and Mallory. My name is Sophia. I am 21 years old and from Sweden. I am obsessed with baby names and have been that for as long as I can remember. I just want to say that I love your podcast and love listening to it. Yay, thank you. Even if I'm not going to have kids for some time, I'm in love with the name Vera Linnea, and I hope it will be my daughter's name if I have one. I have already started to persuade my boyfriend that it is the perfect name. (laughs) What do you think of the name? I would also love if you would do an episode on Scandinavian names. Being a Scandinavian myself, I am fascinated with names from here. I believe a Scandinavian episode would be interesting. I can't be the only Scandinavian listening. Probably not. (laughs) I just want to send you my best regards. You really have my dream job. Sincerely, Sophia. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Sophia. I really appreciate the feedback. And yeah. A Scandinavian episode would be cool, but I think like with this episode, we'd have to get a Scandinavian names expert to help us along with that. Definitely. As far as the name Vera Linnea, I think that's very pretty. I do love the name Linnea, and it's a nature name. It comes from Linnaeus, which is a flower or plant named after its discoverer but also I do love Vera because that's my grand cat and that's probably all I'm gonna get in terms of being a grandmother so (laughs) Vera and Pounce are it anyway I love the name Vera it's becoming very very popular lately (laughs) Um, so Vera Linnea it's very musical it's easy to say it kind of trips off the tongue so I approve I do like the name Linnea. Vera is kind of not my favorite, um, which is funny because, you know, of course, I named a daughter Veronica. All right. And our second letter is actually a name story. This person writes us, well, we found the name Breda, B-R-E-D-A, to be particularly sweet. We came to it when we wandered into the lustly named village backpacking through Scotland many years ago. In fact, we met at the hostel in Beretta. We had each traveled solo. We checked into it on the same day. We've traveled together ever since and named our first baby Beretta. Sincerely, J.D. Pete. Sounds like an author. I know. 
<laughs> Do you have a name story for us? We'd love to feature it on the show. You can tell it in your own voice one of two ways. Call our message line at 702-848-5510 or just record it on your mobile phone and email it to us at podcast at babynames.com. If you're too shy to record it, just send us an email. Again, it's podcast at babynames.com. Yeah, I think every phone now has a voice recorder. And once you're done recording, just send it off to us an email. That's probably the easiest way. Mm-hmm. Well, join us tomorrow, Wednesday, May 27th, when Jen and I go live on Facebook Live to discuss this episode and get your feedback. 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern. Yes, we're going to try to do a Facebook Live each day after an episode drops, so make sure you like our Facebook page to be notified. Facebook.com slash babynames.com with the D-O-T spelled out. Thanks for listening, and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you love the show, please take two seconds to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps others find us. I love you, Jen, and see you tomorrow on Facebook Live. See you tomorrow. Love you, too. Bye. Bye.